Hello everyone, this is Joe again, aka the Curvy Geeky Fangirl, and I'm here with this week's Curvy Geeky Fangirl recaps. Just in case you don't know what's going on, every week I try to recap the TV, film, and anything else geeky that I've consumed during the week. Just to like, you know, hash out these feelings and thoughts that I have while watching them, and hopefully, you know, engage in conversation as to what the heck is going on with all of these obsessions of ours. That being said, where can you find this podcast? I'm all over Anchor. I'm all over iTunes. And likewise, you can find me on all of my socials and my website. I run curvygeekyfangirl.com. If you're looking into like fandom fashion, and that's using everyday clothes to style, to create styles inspired by geeky loves like Doug, Steven Universe, Doctor Who, anything on DCTV, all of those, anything and more. Deep cuts, the trendy stuff, you'll probably find something out there on there. You can also find me over at fanbros.com. That is forallnerds.com. Fanbros is the voice of the urban geek, and I do a weekly article uh, basically covering usually like the latest going on for uh, inspiration and style ideas based off of TV shows or film or books, what have you. Anime sometimes gets cut, put in there as well. Just whatever's happening. And you can check out the rest of the website. It's pretty wonderful. It covers a lot of things geek, especially if you're a geek of color or a nerd of color. It's, it's nice to see another perspective put out there. So definitely check out that as well. I also run a podcast with my friend Shay Cherie of Shay Cherie Show, and that is the People of Culture podcast. So if you're looking for something a little more serious and that kind of goes more into pop culture stuff and, and everyday newsy type things, definitely check that out as well. It doesn't totally focus on just geek things. And then we're all over SoundCloud and iTunes for that. Or you can check, out us, check us out at the website, which is the POC podcast dot com. Uh, other than that, we should definitely get engaged in the recaps that have that I'm going to be covering this week. And as always, I would love to hear your opinions on these TV shows too. If you catch them, if you have thoughts and feelings about what else is going on this particular week, I'm going to be covering The Legends of Tomorrow's Return, Black Lightning, The Magicians, and the Black Panther film. I've got a lot of feelings about the Black Panther film, which just recently came out so that being said i also am going to be getting into spoilers i'm sorry y'all but i'm going to be getting heavy duty into spoilers i don't have the longest time to go over everything and keep it spoiler free because i love spoilers so i like to get to the meat of things as quickly as possible so that being said if you don't like spoilers and you want to play it safe please 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 watch the shows and the film or whatever and then come back and listen engage and tell me your thoughts and feelings on these things too. So that being said, stay tuned. We're going to be kicking it off with The Legends of Tomorrow. And that'll be coming up next. All right, so we're going to jump right into Legends of Tomorrow. Quickest of the quick recaps on what happened with Legends of Tomorrow. So Legends jumps in right where they left off, which is where Constantine coming to visit Sarah. Constantine is in the midst of trying to save a little girl who's being possessed by a demon. Little does he know the little girl he's trying to save is actually Nora Dark. She's the daughter of Damien Dark, and her adult version is a huge pain in the legend's side right now because she is insanely powerful with this magic, right? But now they're getting a bigger picture as to how she got this magic. And they're getting an even bigger picture of who 
their big bad actually is. Because at first they thought it was just going to be Damon Dark and Nora. But it's turning out that it's actually a demon called Malice that's running the show. And Malice has already had a run-in with Sarah previously. And that's how Constantine came out to find her. Because in his, his researching to try and save this little girl, he realizes that Malice knows Sarah. So he's trying to see if there's a link there or a key there. He comes down to the ship. He does his Constantine thing, which is flirt with everyone because he has no preferences. So just everyone, all the people. He's like, what's up? How's it going? We'll see what's going on. I'm a Taurus. How are you? Loved it. I loved everything about it. Uh, the standouts for me in this episode definitely was Captain Cole, Leonard Snart, him teasing Sarah about her like flirty banter with Agent Sharp, with Ava. I also loved how he and him and Constantine, like immediately Constantine is like super flirty with him. And he's like, I'm taken, but thank you. And I just, I, I'm not sure why they had to go back in time. They didn't really glean a whole lot of information other than the lady that runs this institution or what is it? A rehab center, a psychiatric institution, something of that nature has been there for a very long time. Other than that, that's really all they gleaned. That and that she's in on this Damien Dark business. And that's pretty much, so I'm not sure why we had them get stuck in 1969, but we did. So that happened with those three, Constantine, Sarah, and Cap in cold. Everybody else, the rest of team legends of tomorrow was in the present day. We had Amaya and Kuwasa facing off and like, I guess they were really trying to get this heart to heart between the two. Cause you've got Amaya who is technically the grandmother to Kuwasa. And she's trying to figure out how somebody of her lineage has veered so far off this path of goodness and, and you know righteousness that she's tried to set forward and put in motion for everyone. And then we get you know some of the answers. A, Kawasa was kind of left to her own devices after her homeland was burned. Like apparently her mother saved one of her daughters and not the other, which is Kawasa. So. According to Amaya, her daughter didn't know that both of her daughters survived. It's very confusing because they're all women. But yeah, so basically she, the mother didn't know that both of her daughters had survived this attack, the land that their homeland had incurred and saved the daughter she thought survived. But it turns out Kawasa also survived. And in Kawasa's you know, abandonment, she tried to survive the best way she could. And that was by turning to these darker elements. But at the end of it, they kind of reach this this compromise in that Amaya is going to try her best to get back to her homeland and save it so that the Kawasa doesn't go down this path. That's kind of where they left things. And then, of course, the, the legends did not save Nora. Uh, Damien Dark got there and was definitely the bigger influence for Nora. That is her father. And we watched them as they got some information. We found out that uh, Zari, who bears the air totem i guess she is one of the six is what mollus says and that might lead to how to they can defeat them uh we got a little bit more information from constantine he said he was going to look into more stuff and and try to find out some answers for them i hope that means that we're going to see him again because that would be amazing and then you know a little bit with ray ray has created an anti-magic gun so it'll be interesting to see how that plays there was a whole point where constantine tells him to hang on to it because they're probably going to need it for Sarah, which is heavy-handed foreshadowing that Sarah is going to get possessed by Malice. So it's interesting to see how far they go with this. 
and what they're going to do next. We find out at the very end of the episode, Rip escapes custody from the other, what are they, time police? The time federales? I don't know who they are, but he's escaped. He's out in the wind right now. And anything goes with this show. It is, it's, it's interesting, crazy campy, but so worth it. So check it out. Let me know what you thought. And we'll move on to the next. All right, jumping right into Black Lightning. So the quickest of the quick recap with Black Lightning. Basically, we found out Jefferson is learning to fly, but figured out how to modify his suit so that he can fly. But he's also dealing with like ridiculous headaches and passing out. So he's losing consciousness, which is not good. And they're not sure what is causing it per se. And he's not really trying to look into why it's happening either because he's too busy trying, you know, to save Freeland. So uh, that's going on. He also discovers that Tobias Whale might be still alive. And that's a big point of contention for him because he believes Tobias Whale murdered his father. That's kind of a big deal. But we find out that Gampy knows that Tobias Whale has been around for some time and might even have worked with Tobias Whale in the past at some point. So they had a whole con confrontation between the two and Tobias Whale wants to know who Black Lightning was and Gamby wasn't giving up any information, but he also wasn't scared of him either. He was prepared for him, but he wasn't scared of him. And they, it's kind of hinted that these two know each other on, on a far more intimate level than just, you know, bad guy and, anti-hero. So I'm interested to see what else is going on in Gamby's background. I did some research into, you know, through Wikipedia and whatnot as to what the comic history is for Gamby's character. And there's some darkness in that history for Gamby. And it seems like him working with Black Lightning is a way for him to kind of like, uh, like not appease, but redemption, I guess, to figure out how to, how to get things back on, back on the up and up with all these terrible decisions he made in the past. So I wonder if they're following suit with that in the show. So we find that find that going on. Meanwhile, Tobias Whale, we find out, has like some kind of serum in him that's keeping him from aging. So I wonder if that means more than just physically. Is he able to heal faster? Does he have abilities that come with this serum? More questions. We find that we get more of his uh, origins, actually. He ha comes from an abusive household, surprisingly. Unsurprisingly, actually. But we, but we see how terrible it was. We get a quick, quick glimpse of what life was like for him and his sister, and it was not good. But on the other side of that, I did love that their dad was played by Kyle from Living Single. That's another Living Single shout out. The guy who plays uh, Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning himself, also was on Living Single, so I kind of like that, that that was a connection of some kind. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it was interesting to see these guys again in vastly different roles. So we see Tobias's background and it was not good. And he kind of, his sister's whole thing is like, that. this is part of what's keeping him from really accumulating the power that he wants to have. So he's got to face this old demon and he does. And he basically murders this man slowly. So that, we get that. We get uh, Jennifer getting into fights uh, with some petty behind girls at a roller rink, which culminates with the Pierces having to then answer for that fight. 
and being a little blindsided by the fact that Jennifer took it upon herself to use such a physical act of violence to, to solve her problems, but at the same time, they're kind of proud. Definitely more Jefferson than the mother, but that was happening. And in Anissa's corner, we find out that she's still doing her research into her abilities. So Anissa has been very heavily invested in why she has the abilities that she's got, and it's led her to this conspiracy theory kind of YouTube space where this guy is going in about other kids that had super abilities in Freeland and how all these kids disappeared. She finds out that uh, there's more to that story. Her grandfather was actually writing up a story about the same thing, and then he was murdered. So she's trying to get more answers. She goes through the old editor who gives her more information, but definitely not a lot of answers. But this culminates in her deciding that she needs to take her vigilante escapades to a professional level and she decides to get a superhero costume it is latex on latex on latex it's cute it's a cute bright outfit but it's also like what are you thinking girl what is this and she dons this outfit to go get further information from a storage space right for some reason i don't know why she'd have just been a superhero costume for that but she does and she gets uh some boxes of information out and she finds a vial of like powdery stuff and we're kind of left hanging like, okay, so what else is is going on? I'm interested to see. There's going to be a, a small hiatus, but it'll be back February 27th. All right. So let's also talk about ma The Magicians. There's a new episode of The Magicians that came out this week. And again, so, okay, so I know I was all gushy and good feelings about the magicians last week. This week, we still got a little bit of information, but I feel like it was kind of stale. It was a lot of filler. So let's jump in. Quick as of the quick recap, we pick up exactly where we left off. They're still on the key quest. Margot's still at her, at her wit's end, not knowing what to do with this new husband she's got and the fairy demands that keep running her, her way. Elliot is back in the kingdom. And he too is like, okay, we really need to get this fairy thing under control so we can get everything else together and get magic back. They head off on their own quest. Alice and Julia have their own little quest that they're trying to do. They're trying to transfer magic from Julia to Alice and try to figure out the safest way to do that so that, you know, they don't die. Penny doesn't know what to do now that he's kind of stuck in this in-between plane of not exactly being a ghost, but also not being anything else either and it's got to be beyond frustrating to watch people do ridiculous things and you can't stop them you can't intervene in any way because he already was at his wit's end when he had a physical body so lord knows what he's going through right now and I, yeah that's pretty much it. oh no and then quentin is on his quest himself he's taking the boat out he's trying to find the next key and he runs into poppy aka felicia day and that for me was the highlight. We got Felicia Day in The Magicians. I love Felicia Day. I love her from back in her pre-Geek and Sundry days when she had her web series rolling out. Oh my gosh, I can't even remember what that was called. But yes, her web series was hilarious and amazing. And I support her in a lot of the projects she puts out. So I was glad to see her in the show and kind of in a different character for her. She's playing this like kind of sarcastic, very confident, a little flirty type character. And she's known for playing like these like nerdy mousy 
type characters. You know, with the exception of Charlie. But Charlie also was her own thing. So still, it's very cool to see her on this. She causes trouble for Quentin, gets him in some trouble. Well, with the key she's got, once she finds out like what he needs the key for, it goes complete selfish. And she's like, well, forget whatever you're trying to do. I want to go home. And it causes more havoc for them, unfortunately. Unfortunately, which um, rest in peace, Benedict. This poor man, all he wanted to do was his maps. That's all he wanted. And he's getting caught up in all this ridiculousness. So now Quentin's kind of stuck with Poppy as he tries to figure out what his next move is going to be because he's still got to get this key, which now might be in the underworld. So, you know, having to travel to Hades and whatnot. Meanwhile, the Margot Elliott team up was my favorite team up between them. They're, they're the Cadius. They're hilarious together. And they find out a little bit more of what the fairies are actually trying to do. And it seems like they're trying to terraform Fillory. They're, they're making it a very moist and warm place. And they, they kind of, they start looking at all the mushrooms that they had demanded get planted in this area where they removed all these trees. And they're finding like egg sacs under these mushrooms and they piece together that they're building an army. But what are they building an army for? Are they, they don't need it to take over Fillory. They already have like one of the strongest castles in the kingdom. So what is this army for is my question. So, so, but they find that out. They find out a, a solution to Margot's problem with her young husband that she's dealing with who can't wait to consummate the relationship. And that was a very clever way I thought of getting around that. The Julia Alice, you know, transfer of power seems to have worked. And of course it's the magician. So of course it didn't work exactly. And it ends with Alice, you know, passed out on the floor, foaming at the mouth. So, you know, Penny was worried about what was going on. Alice was the only one who was really trying to help him. And now she's passed out on the ground. And all he can do is make a fish sing. And that's where they leave it. Well, I, I also kind of brushed over the Julia thing and how she's really trying to escape all of the terrible things that came to her way with this ridiculous entity that kind of, well, invaded her and invaded everything else and how she can't shake him. And he pops up in a dream like, no, I'm not gonna go anywhere. You're either gonna, you're gonna figure out how to deal with it, which tells me that she's, probably going to get these powers back she's going to get this magic back i don't think she gets to hand it off to alice and that be the end clearly but we get another episode next week so it'll be interesting to see All right, moving on to Black Panther. So real quick, I'm just going to go across all of the highlights of this film because this film was amazing. Uh, some of the things that stood out for me were definitely the world building. The world for Wakanda is beautiful. The settings, the coloring they used, it's amazing. It's a, it looks amazing, especially in comparison to the American settings they have. Like we get to see, you know, America in comparison to Wakanda, which is like this beautifully, you know, flourishing place so we get to see those comparisons i also love that they focused on the culture around wakanda and why it was so secretive and why they did not take a more active role in trying to like you know join the united nations and be more of a present for the world globally than they had i love that they touched on that uh, I love Denai Guerrero and Lupita Nyong'o. They did amazing job, an amazing job with their characters. I've never seen 
black women showcase the way they are in film on such a large scale. This is amazing. They are flawlessly beautiful and they are great. They are great in their characters. I completely believe them in what they were going through. I need a Dormelage movie. I need a Dormelage movie. I need to make that happen immediately. I also want to know how I can get a pet rhino. There's a whole part in this film where the, there's a whole subsection, a whole a tribe that like basically gets these rhinos and kind of uses them in battle. So they, they train them. They, you know, they feed them and they armor them up. There's a whole section in the film where we get to see these rhinos in full battle. And there's a part where Denai Guerrero's character has to like try to stop one of these rhinos and it ends up with the rhino giving her a kiss on the cheek. And it's so cute. And now I want one so badly. You can't have a real rhino for obvious reasons, but I'm going to figure out how to get a stuffed one. That's going to be on the list. Absolutely. I also thought M'Baku was a huge standout for the film. M'Baku, aka Manape, in the in the comics, is a villain. He's constantly trying to overthrow T'Challa's power in Wakanda. He feels that he knows how to better rule Wakanda, and he's constantly, you know, just at odds with T'Challa. And in the film, he's still kind of at odds with T'Challa, but it comes. I feel like it comes in a different direction than it does in the comics. Not something out of true evilness it's more like no you don't understand you know these other aspects of ruling that i feel you're ignoring and i'm going to be the one to bring this to the forefront killmonger also brings this up and i thought they did a really good job as well with the actual villain of the film which is killmonger but the standout for me was mbaku i was like man mbaku can get it he, he oh, this guy is handsome he is ridiculously gorgeous and funny, he gets some funny moments in here and it's just nice to see him actually work together with T'Challa. So I thought that was a great standout. Uh, speaking of Killmonger, oh my gosh, he did an amazing job. Michael B. Jordan did a great job being Killmonger, of, of being this person who is like balancing what it is to be American while also balancing what it means to be Wakandan and having his father being taken away and seeing his people suffer on the being out there in the West. He grew up in Oakland. So firsthand, he's seen this kind of, oh, this sadness, unfortunately, unfold in front of him. And he just sees Wakanda as this entity that could have solved all of his problems and chose not to. And you can't help but side with his arguments when he's talking about how these things need to change and he's gonna be the one to make this change. And he's making huge changes when everything gets going. In a huge spoiler, even though I told you I'm getting into spoilers, they decide to kill this character off. And I don't know if they're gonna kill him off like indefinitely. I'm hoping he's gonna come back at some point. I would love to see what else he does. Cause he just did a, such a good job being this multifaceted villain. And I'm honestly don't understand why we also had to have Everett K. Ross in the show. We already had uh, Claw and he did an amazing job. The guy who plays Claw did a great job. I would have rather watched more of that than also introduce Everett K. Ross for some reason. But somebody was telling me in the comics, uh, Everett K. Ross played a pivotal role in making sure that Black Panther kind of stayed in the mainstream. And that was, he brought in, in a perspective that otherwise wouldn't be there. So who knows, but definitely watch the film. If you can watch it more than once.
All right, and that pretty much wraps up Curvy Geeky Fangirls Recap Week. We went over Legends, we went over Black Lightning, we went over The Magicians, and of course, Black Panther. And I, I cannot express and stress enough to go watch this film more than once because, oh, it's amazing. As soon as I can, I'm going to try and see if I can catch it in IMAX 3D because we watch it in like standard, I guess, standard viewing, I guess is what it is. So, because that was the only tickets I could get. Uh, when it was first dropped so we'll see how all that goes but you know I'm thinking of also recapping other stuff by the by I watched Jane the Virgin on a regular so I, I'm thinking of recapping that and then I'm kind of on the fence with that because of the fact that like for me Jane the Virgin is like hit or miss I was not a fan of the Michael Jane storyline I am definitely a Raphael and Jane Shipper so there's that. I also feel like sometimes, it, it, well, it's it's based around a telenovela type culture anyway, but it feels like we get a lot of filler episodes and no story actually moves. And you hear me repeat that a lot. I'm a fan of like, even if it means a shorter season, but a progressive story. So so I'm on the fans. I might, I might do a recap here and there about Jane the Virgin. Um, I'm also getting back into my Asian drama. So I love K-dramas, Taiwanese dramas, Chinese dramas, Filipino dramas, any kind of Asian drama, I am down. I got hooked watching K-dramas through Netflix. Boys Over Flowers was my very first foray into this world and I haven't left it, uh, but I haven't really been watching a lot recently. So I know the subscription service I had, it kind of, it, it really wasn't putting out a lot of dramas I wanted to watch. And the subscription service, another subscription service that other people were telling me about, I kind of dabbled in with, oh, but hadn't really done anything with, but. But now I'm gonna pick it back up. So I'm back on board. I'm using a different subscription service to check out my stuff all legally. Thank you. And I'm gonna check out um, this latest uh, drama they've got going on that seems to be based around uh, the uh, Monkey King uh, stories. So I'm interested to see how that's gonna run and see how everything works out. Two of my favorite actors are in it, so. It's not going to be too bad. I think it's going to be amazing. But if I get really into it, I'm probably going to recap those separately. So you're going to get a separate Asian drama-esque uh, recap if you're into that. So I'll, I'll look into that as well. But as always, I am Joe, a.k.a. the Curvy Geeky Fangirl. You can find me everywhere. Instagram, Twitter. Oh, okay. Really just Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> my website. All under Curvy Geeky Fangirl. If you do the web search, I will pop right the heck up. You can catch me there. I'm constantly posting things, especially on my Instagram. You can check out what I wore to go see Black Panther. I had a, a Wakanda-esque sweater that I purchased, and I bought a shirt for my husband as well. It, had, it was a coming to America slash Black Panther mashup. It was greatness. It was finery and fantasticness. And I have an outfit for each of the viewings that I'll be going to as well. So that is definitely on the plate. So we'll see how the rest of that goes. But yeah, definitely catch me on my socials. Definitely also chime in here on Anchor, on iTunes. Let me know what you guys think of these recaps, what your own thoughts and feelings were, if you caught any of the stuff that I'm discussing. And as always, I will be back next week with more stuff of whatever it is that I can consume media-wise that is all geek-related. I'm interested. I'm excited for a few things in the future. Of course, Infinity War is coming out. Uh, we've got Ready Player One also coming out, uh, a real geek's guide, I think, 
uh, is on Instagram. That's the name that's on Instagram. He told me about the book and I actually got the audiobook version of Ready Player One. And I loved the reading for it. Will Wheaton. Oh, my first love, Wesley, of Star Trek fame. So it was a great read. And if you get the chance, you definitely should check out the audiobook if you haven't read the book already. But that's going to pretty much wrap it up for me. I will catch you guys next week with the latest stuff that I am watching. Can't wait to hear from you. And I'll see you later. Bye.